0: Pastor Xavier Reese, and a reminder that the battle is the Lord. David commends himself to the Lord's defense to
1: plead his case and deliver him from Saul. That's good because I will have Sauls in my life. These Sauls will throw spears and pursue me, but I'm not to throw them back. I have to commend them to God and see God's judgment and deliverance. Get away from them. Don't be dumb enough to stay there. Remove yourself, but don't throw
0: spears. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Christian walk never begins at the finish line. That's why the Bible describes it as a race that we're supposed to run to win. Well, today we're granted a peek into the life of David with a unique look at how he ran his race. Here's Pastor Xavier with more from our Simple Truths Character Study Series, David Part 3.
1: David has just been sent away by his friend Jonathan into exile. Now David comes here to the high priest, Ahimelech. And David lies to Ahimelech, the priest, by telling him that he was on a secret mission for the king. And that he needed some provisions, bread. Hearing this lie, Ahimelech told David in verses 4-6 through that the only thing he had was the holy bread. And if the men had not had sexual relationships for at least three days, then they could have it. Such being the case, they partook of that bread. It's interesting because Jesus pointed to the fact of David partaking of the bread. (laughs) But we don't want to forget that there was a lie that went along with the story. Now, in verse 7, Doeg and Edomite... The herdsman of Saul was present at that time and he saw David. Now he hated David. David then asked in verse 8 and 9 for a weapon. And the only one present was a sword of Goliath. David fled to Achish, the king of Gath, who was his enemy in an attempt to flee from Saul. Isn't it amazing some of the dumb things we will do out of fear that we wouldn't do out of common sense thinking through? <laughs> Why would you run to your enemies? Particularly when God has told you that you're the next king. Now notice in verses 12 through 13, David being identified and hearing the words of the man, how he had killed his ten thousands. He was gripped with fear and began to act like a madman by scratching on the door of the gate and allowing saliva to run down his beard. David's a resourceful young man, isn't he? He knew he was in trouble. Have you ever been in a place like that where you just, you know, you, you've made a wrong decision. You, you, you're, you're where you shouldn't be. And then you have to kind of act like a fool to get out of it. It's not nice to eat crow, is it? <laughs> Achish the king in verses 14 and 15. As if he needed a madman in his presence and did not give David a second thought. A uh, King's fully persuaded. He, he's, he's a lunatic. Now notice, thirdly, when you get to chapter 22, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Dula. So when his brother and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was dead, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Fugitives, if you will. And so David secured a safe place. Now he has his army. Verses 3 and 4. So he departed to the land of Judah into the forest of Herath. Notice fourthly beginning verse 6 down to 23. David caused the death of the priest at Nob. Saul reproved the Benjamites at Ramah for siding with David and accused them of conspiring against him and not feeling sorry for him. That's just like Saul, huh? Pouting. And so on, verse 9 and 10, Saul's servant Doeg, the Edomite, told him about David's visiting Ahimelech, the priest. And that he had sought the Lord for David and given him provisions and the sword of Goliath. Well, this didn't go too well with Saul. So Saul, in verse 11 through 15, accused Ahimelech of conspiring with David. Which he denied and declared that he considered David as a faithful son-in-law, and was ignorant to all he was being charged with. Now you stop and think: you're a Hamilchek; you don't know what's going on. David is an upright man. He fights the wars of the kings. He comes in, he says, "I'm on a secret mission." You know, I'm on reconnaissance, and I can't tell nobody. And well, so you just take it at face value. And all of a sudden, here comes the king, and he's accusing you of conspiring against you, and you're saying, "Well, wait a minute. I thought David was your son-in-law." You know, and here you are, a total innocent. Person, how often there is an innocent party that is destroyed because of the lie of someone else, because of the plotting of someone else, because of the deception of someone else, and that life is destroyed. Verse 16 and 17, Saul declared to Ahimelech, You shall surely die in all your father's house, and then commanded one of the guards to execute the priest, but he would not. Verse 16 and 17. This man was to be considered wise. <laughs> no way. Saul then commanded Doeg, whose name means, as I told you, dog, in verses 18 and 19, to do so, and he killed 85 priests and the entire city of Nob, both men and women, children, nursing infants, oxen, donkeys, sheep, with the edge of the sword. Verses 20 through 22, Abiathar, one of the sons of a Himelech escaped to David and told him all that had occurred to which David remembered seeing Doeg that day and had a suspicion that he would give him away. And therefore, David felt responsible for the death of all the priests, the men, the women, children and the infants. And so David in verse 23 told him to abide with him for he was marked as an enemy. Being in affiliation with David now. Notice fifthly here. Chapter 23, verse 1 through 13. David sought the Lord for direction. David heard that the Philistines were fighting against Keilah. Robbing the threshing floor. So he inquired of the Lord. If he should go up. And God said yes. Now what a change. Now David's inquiring of the Lord a little more. So in verses 3 and 5. David's men were hesitant to go so close into the Philistine territory so David sought the Lord again and God affirmed it again and delivered them it's always good you know to confirm let the Lord confirm things there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't mean you're doubting doesn't mean you have a lack of faith you want to make sure it's the Lord David was then sought out by Abiathar with the ephod and at the same time Saul was told of David so he pursued him in Keilah. but see God's already told David To go, right? So even though it appears dangerous, David's going to be okay, right? (laughs) Because God's in it. There's the key. Verses 9 through 13. David, knowing that Saul was coming, he asked Abiathar to bring the ephod again. And once again, he sought the Lord and asked him two questions. Will Saul come down? To which God answered yes in verse 11. And then the men of Keilah, will they deliver me to the men and to Saul? And God said yes. Verse 12. Willingly and obedient, David left With his 600 men, and Saul suspended the expedition. You see, God's in control, right? If we obey, though it looks dangerous, God's in control. Or if we lean to our own understanding, then we get in trouble. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path, the proverb says. You see, David was to learn to depend on the Lord more and more rather than on his own devices, which could bring tragic consequences in so many ways. 6, chapter 23. David had times of discouragement. Saul's pursuit of David was relentless and Jonathan came out to encourage David. This was the last time David ever saw Jonathan. It says, Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. That's important. Not some emotional pep talk, but with the facts of God's promises. And he said to him in verse 17, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that both had made a covenant verse 18 here it is again and so in verse 29 David went up to Engedi up in the mountains where there is waterfalls and hiding places 7th chapter 24 the seeming deliverance of Saul to David is given to us here David was pursued by Saul in the wilderness of Engedi And as David and his men were in the recesses of the cave, Saul entered to tend to his needs. You can imagine David and his men, they're back there, here comes Saul. And so in verse 4, David's men were persuaded that God had delivered Saul into David's hand. So David rose up and he cut off a piece of Saul's robe secretly. Verse 4 says, the corner of Saul's robe. But notice what happens in verse 5 through 7. David's heart troubled him, recognizing it was wrong to touch God's anointed. And he also restrained this man from doing so. There will be times in your life and mine when it seems like God is really allowing you to finally vindicate yourself. To finally get over on this person. To finally get your shot. And it's really not God at all. And I have to make a decision... Whether I'm going to honor God or honor myself. Gratify myself. In verse 8 and 9, David called out to Saul after he left the cave and from a distance bowed down himself to the ground and asked why he listened to the words of men that David sought his harm. And David told Saul in verse 10 how God had delivered him into his hand in the cave and the men pleaded with him to strike him. And then David in verse 11, gave Saul the evidence of what he was saying by calling attention to the corner of his robe, which gave evidence that he was not rebellious, evil, nor sinned against him. Yet, he hunted his life. Saul was busted. <laughs> and he was busted before all of his men. And so, in verses 12 and 13, David told Saul that the Lord would judge between them and avenge David. But he would not touch him according to the proverb that he quotes right there in verses 12 and 13. Wickedness proceeds from the wicked, but my hand shall not be against you. Notice verses 14, that David likened himself as a dead dog or a flea. In other words, I'm insignificant. What are you doing chasing me? And so David in verse 15 says, Commends himself to the Lord's defense to plead his case and deliver him from Saul. That's good. David's learning. This is so good. I need to hear this over and over again in my life because I will have Saul's in my life. These Saul's will throw spears at me and pursue me, but I'm not to throw them back. I'm just to remove myself from the presence of the Saul type individuals and see God's judgment and deliverance. I have to commend them to God. Get away from them. Don't be dumb enough to stay there. Remove yourself. But don't throw spears. Notice in verses 16 through 22. The remorseful repentance of Saul. These type of men, Saul's, will always be moved with tears as a sign of their sincerity. But they alone are no signs of genuine repentance. Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. So important that when we say we repent, that we then give the fruit of it. He knows that he's wrong. He knows that God's not for him. And yet he's still trying to strike a deal here. Over and over and over again. David was to learn that even though he trusted God for Saul, he was not to trust the words of Saul. So important. I have to trust God for the Saul's in my life, but I also have to not trust the words of Saul's. You don't know when they're telling truth or lies. Notice eighth In chapter 25, David got caught up in avenging himself. Now he did pretty good. Learn this simple principle. Because you are victorious in one area one time. It does not guarantee victory the second time. Oh, be also careful. Let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall flat on his face. Xavier's translation. (laughs) Notice in verse 1 of chapter 25. David withdrew into the wilderness of Param after Samuel's death and having to depend totally on God now. So in verse 2 through 9, David sent some of his young men to collect some sheep at shearing time from this man Nabal who had a business in Carmel. So he's kind of like the, the, the enforcer. and He's kind of like Robin Hood. Verse 5, they were supposed to greet him in David's name, as David sends them. In verse 6 through 9, they were to report of their protection of the flocks throughout the time they were present. And it could be verified by the men in the flocks. Thereby, in appreciation of their services, they were to ask for some sheep as a sort of back payment. And then they were to wait for the answer. In verses 10 through 13, we get the answer of Nabal. Uh, Nabal, as his name indicates, fool, lived up to it. Uh, Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men who, when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back. And they came and told him all these words. Then David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword. And David also girded his own sword. And about 400 men went with David and 200 stayed with the supplies. Nabal insulted David as if he was a rebellious servant and questioned whether he should give anything to them at all. Who is this guy? In verse 14 through 17, Nabal's servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, about the incident and reported of their goodness of the men, their protection as well as the dishonorable words of her husband to the men. And that unless she did something, harm would come to them. For Nabal was a son of Belial who would not hear. Apparently he had a reputation. And they they were smart enough to not even bother with him. They went to Abigail. And so verses 18 through 22. Abigail went to intercept David with provisions. Even as he was swearing that not one male would be alive by morning. You know, if we are wise enough to not avenge ourselves of the Saul's in our lives, we must be also very careful not to fall prey to Nabal's, adding hurt to our future and becoming greater fools than they. If David would have taken this action, it would have plagued him in his kingdom. He entered his kingdom with a clean slate. Oh, be careful of Saul's, and if you are obedient to not... Confront Saul's in your own ways. Then be careful of Nabal's. Verses 23 to 31. Abigail dismounted and fell on her face in obeisance. Pleading that David charged her with the fault of her husband. And that he might hear her out. And so in verse 25 she acknowledged her husband to be a fool according to his name. In verse 26 she told David that it was God who had held him back from avenging himself. This is a wise woman. Verse 27, 31, she asked for forgiveness, and when he was established, and that when he was established on his throne, this act would not grieve him, because he did not shed innocent blood, nor avenge himself. David blessed the Lord for sending her and keeping him from such an act, and he blessed her and sent her away in peace. Now Abigail, in verse 36 to 38, returned, and Abel was having a drunken party. So he she waited to tell him the next day about the incident, and um, he went into shock. And the Lord struck him dead about 10 days afterwards. You can imagine that she's telling him, Nabal, you know, you know the guy you spurned the other day? you know, I interceded for you and he was ready over here. You would have been dead. And because he heard of that, he actually did die. But the Lord struck him. In verse 39 through 44, David, hearing of Nabal's death, came and he took Abigail for his wife. And so here we have David. He's being protected by God. God is using people. And here David was to learn that personal vengeance is a desire that is ever present but should be averted at all costs. If you have to run, run. If you have to lock yourself in the house and throw the key, do it. Ninth chapter 26 David spared Saul. A second time. Saul pursued David once again. So David sent out spies and found where Saul's camp was. And in verses 6-12, through 12, David went down to the camp of Saul with some men. And took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head. In verses 8 and 9, David restrained his men from killing Saul. As before, declaring that no one can be guiltless of striking God's anointed. I'm amazed. This is the second, third time that David has said this. God's hand is no longer on Saul, but because God had chosen him, he acknowledged him as God's problem. God's problem, not David's. So important. And so in verse 10, David declared that God would kill Saul. David knew that. Why? Because David started... Remembering what God had promised him. You must always go back to the word of God. So you don't stay in your despair, your discouragement, your self-sufficiency. David then called out from a distance again. Verse 13 through 16. David rebuked Abner, his general, by telling him that he deserved to die since he did not protect the king. Revealing the spear and the jug of water. He must have died when he saw those things. So verses 17 through 20, Saul then responded calling David a son to which David asked what he had done and that if the Lord had steered him against David, then God should accept an offering. But if man had done it, they were to be cursed for driving him from his inheritance. So he's rebuking Saul straightforward now. Even challenging him that God might reveal it right then and there. Verse 21, Saul acknowledged his sin as before without Through emotional remorse. No real repentance, but emotional remorse. Not affecting his life. Here it is once again. Tears. The quivering voice. The acknowledgement. But one big fat zero for change. I have sinned. I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. He just wrote his epitaph. I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And so in verses 22-24, through 24, David left a spear and water jug and commended himself to the justice of God and told Saul that he had valued his life that very day and asked that God should value his life and deliver him from all tribulation. Notice Saul blessed David in verse 25 and acknowledged that he would do great things and prevail. Then David departed. All the rhetoric means absolutely nothing. Maybe the husband's saying, I want to leave you. You know, I, I don't love you anymore. And he says, but, then he said, but you, know, you know, there's someone out there better for you. That's a Saul. You dog. <laughs> David was to learn that those who continue in the rebellion against God play fools and err exceedingly. Man. The lessons from life are of the utmost value and we should not waste them particularly if they have cost us dearly it has been said that school seeks to get you ready for examination life gives the finals (laughs) some finals you can't take over you have to live with the grade these are the events of instruction During David's exile What an instruction for us Because we can identify with all this Oh, you may not be fleeing In the wilderness on a horse But you may be fleeing from someone Or something or, Or God himself Or you may be at rest But you will one day be in exile To an extent And so all these lessons Are for our learning, for admonition Because he loves us So let's not waste it.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of growing by being stretched for God's glory. And you can get a copy of today's message, David Part 3, on CD for only $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is David Part 3, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Next time, more on the intriguing life of King David. That's here on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.